Good morning, everybody. How you doing? You'll seem a little bit half-conscious this morning. We better fix that up. So I've got some more questions for you, for everyone to answer. Can I ask you, put your hand up if you've bought a present to give someone today. Anyone bought a present, a gift for someone today? Shops are shut. Has anyone bought a present to give to someone today, not to buy today? Yeah? Awesome. There's a few people. Has anyone cleaned up their house for visitors today? Put your hand up. Yeah. A lot of people have cleaned up their house. Oh. <laughs> Kristen's not sure whether she cleaned up or not. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Has anyone been given advice on what to wear today? Oh, there's a few people. <laughs> it's good. Is anyone going to be spending time with people you haven't seen in a while today? Yeah. Yep. And the last one, has anyone prepared some food for a meal with others today? Yeah, lots of people have done that. I'm guessing everyone that put their hand up has asked this question. What will they think? What will they think? When you buy someone a gift, you actually go, I wonder, I really want them to like it. What will they think of my gift? When you cook someone food, you go, oh, I really hope Darren likes his turkey. (laughs) You clean up the house so people think that it's a nice space to hang out in. And the reason someone gave you some advice about your clothes probably wasn't for their sake, maybe, but it was probably for what others might enjoy and appreciate. So it, the, the question is around, what will they think? And, and that's actually a pretty good question to ask when you've got these issues in the day. Um, but it's not always a good question. And when we look at the Christmas story, almost everyone involved in the Christmas story had a what will they think moment. What will they think? You th- let's, let's think about Mary and Joseph. They started out, they weren't married and Mary's pregnant. And they thought holding hands didn't create babies. <laughs> and they were like, well, what will everyone think? What will people think? Poor Joseph, he's going, well, I've got to div- divorce her. I can't go ahead with this marriage. What, what will they think? This, this is all twisted. And Mary, what are they going to think about Mary? What will they think? The shepherds. What sort of shepherds leave their sheep in the middle of the night and wander off? Not very good ones. What sort of shepherds go around telling people that they saw angels to go to a a manger and see a baby? Like, what will they think? That's pretty crazy stuff. And we think about the the magi. I've got to get it right because my wife will tell me off if I don't get that right. The wise men, they followed a star a long way because of a promise that they had. What will people think? But it got worse for them because Herod told them, when you see this new saviour king that you meet, come back and tell me. Now, what would Herod think when they didn't come back and tell him? Now, Herod's a pretty powerful person. What do you think Herod was thinking when they didn't come back? I'll get him. Yep, that's right. So what will they think was actually a really, really significant question to each and every one of these people. I was telling someone a couple of weeks ago a story of me at school. 
I had a friend, it's true, and my, my friend Damien, he was, he was a cool kid hanging out with, he was a lot of fun, but he was easily teased. He, uh, he bit very quickly, which means when, when you picked on him, he would react. And so when we were in year nine, there were some year 10 boys who worked this out and thought it would be fun to pick on Damien. And they had a lot of fun picking on Damien. But what they loved most is because the year nine and 10 boys were in the same corridor, had all their lockers in the same corridor. They loved, when it was between periods, to run along and slam Damien into the lockers. They thought that was fun. And um, guess what Damien did? He reacted. He tried to push him back. And they thought that was hilarious because there's seven or eight boys all picking on this one boy and they thought it was awesome. So I'm standing next to them. They weren't picking on me because my dad's a school teacher, right, at the same school. So they didn't pick on me and I didn't react anyway. Now, in this situation, I was a bit stuck. Eight or nine boys a year older than me that were bullies, let's face it, and my mate's getting picked on, but he's kind of, he didn't deserve it, but he's definitely reacting in a way that's not good, that they, it fed what they were doing. And I thought, what do I do? What on earth can I do here? I could go to the, the mid, middle school coordinator and tell them, but this question freaked me out. What will they think? If I told on these eight or nine boys, this question was just way too scary. So I didn't do anything. And guess what happened? Nothing changed. He kept getting slammed into the lockers until finally, one day, I went, I've really got to, got to go down. So I waited till nobody was at school anymore, which is, again, when your dad's a school teacher, that's okay because, you know, it doesn't look weird because you can hang around for your dad after school. And I, I went into the middle school coordinators who was a scary guy. There was a reason he was a, a middle school coordinator. And I talked to him and he had a very stern, dry face. And I explained what had been happening. And at the end of it, he said, don't worry about it. It'll be under control. And I thought, oh dear. Him getting it under control means me dealing with what these people will think. But the amazing thing was, he was obviously a really good middle school coordinator. The problem stopped, I never heard about it, and my friend never heard about it. And to this day, my friend Damien doesn't know that that ever happened. Because I, I didn't know what he was gonna think either about me dobbing on him, because he obviously was a bit proud and, and didn't want, he thought he could stand up for himself, which wasn't working. But this question really crippled me for a long time. And it meant that my friend was, was actually, you know, suffering and putting up with a whole heap of stuff they couldn't, because I was really worried about what they would think. It's not always bad, but sometimes this question tries to convince us to make decisions that aren't what God wants. Sometimes this question can distract us. Imagine if, those, if that Christmas story, if this question was something that got in the way of the decisions that those people made. Imagine if Joseph said, what will people think, even though I've been told to marry Mary and it's going to be okay, if he said, no, I can't handle it because of what people will think. I'm not going to marry Mary. 
that has massive implications. Imagine if the shepherds ignored the angels and didn't go to the manger. There's people here today that talked about how significant the shepherds were in their lives for the impact of an amazing God coming to earth and, and the lowly shepherds being part. That's a significant part of the story that wouldn't, wouldn't happen. And what about, what about the wise men? What would happen if they didn't come? They're all significant parts that if they were, were crippled by this question, it would be a completely different Christmas story. Every single one of them could have been crippled by this question, but weren't. It's phenomenal. You know, sometimes, especially adults can get caught up with this question too. Um, for adults, sometimes they can be really busy, worrying about what people will think and trying to please people. Adults have a, have a real challenge with that, worrying about what people will think, and so they, they're really busy to, to accommodate. Sometimes we buy new clothes or shoes or cars or houses or gadgets, worrying about how we look and what people think. Sometimes we don't share about Jesus or pray with people because we wonder, what will people think? Sometimes we don't stand up for the weak or vulnerable, those that look, sound or smell a bit different, because we're not sure, what will they think? This question is really, really powerful and has a massive impact on the choices that we make. But today, I actually want to focus a little bit on the flip side of this because the amazing thing is that God didn't actually care what people thought either. When you think about the choices that he made to send Jesus as a baby to a family that was nobody in the middle of nowhere as the King, the Lord of Lords, the Saviour of the world. That has to be very, very humbling for God. The one that deserves all glory and all praise and all honour. The one that created all this stuff. That can make it and take it away whenever he wants. Chose to make a decision. Ignoring what people would think. And there's people today that mock God because of his choices, because what he chose to do. And yet, there's a big difference between doing something that's popular and doing something that's right, doing something that's good. There's a big difference between doing something that's cool and doing something that's correct. And in this case, God chose to do the right thing. He chose to do the right thing, not the thing that made him look awesome. He chose to humble himself because he wanted to do the right thing, not the popular thing. He knew what was important, to show the world that he loved them, to set people free from sin, to reconnect with us in a new way and to give us hope. And that wasn't going to happen if you have this amazing God that comes in and tells everyone how it is. He wanted to show his love in a way that was meaningful. And he sacrificed what people would think to communicate that message. And that's just phenomenal. That's just amazing to think that the God 
who shouldn't really care what people think because he's God, but wants, wants people's love and, he, you know, we're designed to worship him. And yet he, he gave that all up. He gave up what people would think so that we could be here today, so that we could have this experience, so that we could know him. It's, it's, it's quite mind-blowing the way this works. And there's a passage in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. You must have the same attitude that, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal death on a cross. Today, there's sometimes that this question is, uh, is, is a good question to ask. There's other passages in the Bible, I know we're not focusing on, but there's other passages where you have to actually care about what people think. It's not that this is always a bad question to ask, but it's a very powerful question to ask. And we've got to, we've got to wonder what our motivation is when we're asking what do people think. Is it a position of fear? Is it, is it fear of people or fear of the way we look or is it a, a fear of um, the, what the consequences might be when people find out? Or is it something that we go, God, I want to be like Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid of what people think. I want to do things the right way. I want to show love. I want to show compassion. I want to follow your example. And this is, this is a challenge because it's so the opposite to what the world says because it's uncomfortable. And you think about that scenario. I don't think there was anyone who's comfortable on the, that Christmas morning. I don't think the, the wise men that were wandering across the deserts were comfortable. I don't think Mary, Joseph, Jesus was comfortable. I don't think the shepherds out in the fields and the angels had to tell them not to be afraid. They were freaked out. Not the most comfortable position. But they actually pushed past this question and didn't, didn't just ask, what will people think? But they said, what's right here? What's, what's God want here? What's the purpose of this? And as a result of that pushing past that question, we have an amazing story, an amazing situation, an amazing saviour and king because God pushed past that question. God put down his pride, his, what he was worth, what, it, what was worthy, and said, no, I'm going to push past what people will think and I'm going to do something greater than that. And I reckon that's an awesome thing to be reminded of today because it's easy to get caught up worrying about this question. And sure, you want people to like your present. Sure, you want people to like your food. Sure, you want people to be comfortable in your home. But if that's the measure of what, what we represent today, then we've missed out on so much more. We've missed out on so much more. And it was the one thing that God wanted to do. And that was humble himself so that we could know him. So uh, there's, there's people that want to that wanna know love today. There's people that want to know God's peace and his hope today. There's so much opportunity today if we push past this question 
in your conversations, in your relationships. And it's not just today, it's tomorrow and, and each day. But there's so much opportunity that, that God has demonstrated first what this looks like. When we, when we ask the question, what will people think? And, and we go, no, there's more than that. I'm not going to be crippled by my pride or my fear. I'm actually going to say, no, there's, there's more than that. Let's just pray. Jesus, it's so amazing. It is so amazing what you gave up for us. It is so amazing. And we come today because we're amazed. We come today because we want to thank you. We want to worship you. We want to remember you this day. We want you to be the center of our lives. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us today to meet, to gather, to share meals with different people and family, to share gifts and to share time. But Lord, we ask you that you would help us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us today to remember that it's not about what people will think. It's about an opportunity to love, to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring peace that only you offer. And Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunities we've got today to interact with people. And we ask, Lord, that you would provide, that you would help, that you would help um, uh, alleviate our fears, Lord God. Lord, we pray that you would remove um, our pride, that we would be people that don't make decisions based on what people will think. But we make decisions because we want to love them like you love them. In Jesus' name, amen.